0: You know, do you miss being there? You know, you didn't. You could have won the Super Bowl. And I said, you know, yeah, of course. But, I mean, I've been gone five years in that time frame. I've done a lot of stuff. You know, if you're tethered to the boat, you never see it. You never see it if you don't get in the water.
1: That was Brian Johnston, and this is Guild Stories. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story and it's the stories that connect us all. I'm Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content, husband of Brooke and father of five young people, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, who happens to be my wife as well.
0: Hey, guys, I'm Brooke, owner of Reclaim the Home, Justin's wife and mother of five. We're so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we'll explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers, we're going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose.
1: Welcome to Guild Stories. Well, today's a fun one for me. Um, they're all fun, but this one is is uniquely fun because it's not every day that I get to interview um, a guy who I'd consider one of my best friends in the world and a good good dude. I've learned a ton from him. Appreciate uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think this conversation will range from high school football, to the NFL, to jazz,
0: to... Probably everywhere.
1: <laughs> all, all over the place. Wine. Yeah, wine. We'll, we'll do that. Um, so I want to welcome Brian Johnston to the show today. Brian, it's good to have you, man.
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, dude. It's a, it's a blast. So Brian, um, in, in the truest definition of the word, I think you could describe him as a serial entrepreneur, um, guy who gives massive value, a guy who can see trends and understands um, kind of the inner workings of, of lots of things, sales, organizations, um, Some days. Sp- <laughs> Sponsorship. <laughs> uh, I'll let him tell you kind of what he's up to these days. I, he and I, and we'll talk about this, but he and I first met um, when I got hired at the Chiefs in 2008, and he was working on that that team as well. So um, we go back about 12 years, and actually before we go back even before that That's un- right. unknowingly, but we'll maybe talk, tell that story uh-huh. too. So Brian, give us kind of an insight into what you're doing today, what you're up to, the businesses you run, and then we'll maybe trace it all the way back to the beginning after that. Okay.
0: Okay, um, well, <clears throat> it's funny because people. Say, I I almost dread when you know you meet somebody. They say, "Well, what do you do?" And um, well. <laughs> and and I'm like, "Well, it depends on the day." So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the bulk and of my time—bulk probably not not correct—but a lot of my time is spent on sponsorship focus, and that was just derived from the nine years that I spent at the Chiefs. And and you know, like anything, uh, companies evolve and changes are made, and And, you know, I was trying to figure out – I didn't want to go to work for somebody because I had kind of this side hustle stuff with Mm -hmm. high school football stuff. And um, I just – I felt I still had the ability to give something to somebody. So I wrote the business plan for Sponsorship Focus, and really it was – the ability to kind of work in five different areas. It could be sales. Somebody could hire me to sell something mm-hmm. or maximization, working with people to maximize their opportunities, um, collaborating, getting people to work together, um, activation, obviously, and, and even evaluation. All And I've worked in all of those phases, but the bulk of what I do is, um, you know, I really found a niche for these companies that have, uh, and, and chiefs and royals and sporting locally, uh, there's some national stuff I work on with a client. But, you know, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, it really is. You know, when we worked at the Chiefs, you know, you, we uh, – I think we really worked hard to understand the client's business, build that relationship. and But we still worked for the team. The team we yeah. were still selling them something. And while those relationships helped me start my business, clearly, uh, once you get inside the brand, uh, you realize that they really are struggling with – this massive investment that they have yep. they do know what their objective is but they just can't figure out internally how to get there how to get there yeah. and that's kind of where i come in that's
1: awesome so yep. um so when you say sponsorship what what does that mean
0: well it's a lot of things you know people <laughs> and trust me i get calls for you know uh little leagues hey yep. can you sell our you know youth basketball, you know, that, that's really not yeah. kind of what I not do. True, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, sponsorship, it is advertising, you know, but it's also community engagement, uh, employee relations. You know, if you have a brand that you're partnered with, like the Kansas City Chiefs or the Kansas City Royals, and you've got 4,000 employees, and they are all from here, I promise you most of them are Chiefs and Royals fans, mm-hmm. and it's a p- source of pride that their company is this is this sponsorship partner? Absolutely. Um, and you know, uh, so it kind of ranges in those sort of areas from from a sponsorship perspective.
1: That's great, man. Um, so we'll come back to that. But but wind wind us all the way back to the beginning. Where did you grow up? What were you into? Right here,
0: Raytown uh, High School, Kansas City, class of nineteen ninety two, Raytown Blue Jays. And then I, uh, you know, <clears throat> I was fortunate enough at a young age that. You know, I was just completely and utterly inspired by listening to Kevin Harlan broadcasting the Chiefs games. Mm. And my dad always had the Royals games on, like when he's piddling with his trains or in the garage or, or whatever. We always, I always remember all of that stuff. And I loved sports, but I wanted to really do play-by-play. And um, you know, which I think is a lost art on these young broadcasters. They, they all want to do sports talk now or podcasting or whatever. Nobody wants to do play-by-play. Play. It's right. just a byproduct. Um, but that's what I wanted to do and I was fortunate enough to go to Pittsburgh State University um, and and I'm not highly intelligent but I was smart enough to understand that while MU has this great journalism program and KU has this great journalism program, I didn't like to go to class. <laughs> and um, I, wa- I learned by doing it, you know. And when I went to Pittsburgh State at 19 years old, I was, you know, on the air pretty quick. Wow. And, in fact, I'll never forget. I went, I went into the radio station, KKW, and um, Tom Van Hoy, who's longtime friend, mentor, was in my wedding. He was the sports director and the voice of the gorillas at the time. And, you know, he said to me, okay, you know, I want you to do this cast. And I, I'd never done anything, you know, at the time. And so he had this, if you read his, the way he wrote sportscast, it was like hieroglyphics, man. You couldn't read it. Oh. So I had to kind of write it and re- type it, you know, and, and it was brutal. I mean, I did it, you know, and I was stumbling and it was horrible and everything sucked about it. Um, and But then he, I got done and he goes, oh, okay, well, here's what you need to do to get better. And, you know, it just started from there. You know, I mean, I mean, you can't, I couldn't do that at KU or I mean, I couldn't just walk in. And say I'm 18 years old. I want to be on the air. They, up, they would say, up. "No, you need to go take these classes." And it's the same. There's yeah. just too many people. Yeah, you need to take these classes, this is coursework, and when you're a junior, maybe senior, that's when you're going to start. Yeah, that, that's yeah. when you're going to start. We're going to see if this is going to work out for you.
1: So, did you study journalism? At- I was a broadcast, broadcast. major. Okay. Okay.
0: which, quite frankly, there was it was it's a huge department now at mm. Pittsburgh State. Mm. Uh, it wasn't very big back then, and there just wasn't enough. You know, they broadcast the games. They had a student broadcasting, um, you know, group that you could broadcast the games. I didn't really participate in that very much because there wasn't enough of it. And I was worked. They were paying me $4.25 an hour at the radio station. And, you know, I could do whatever, broadcasting games, do writing sports what You know, I was, you know, by, by the time I was a senior, which was, uh, fall of '96. I only had six hours uh, of school. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> it was awesome, <laughs> but I was working probably I don't know sixty five. I was a clock employee, so I mean there was some. I mean I can remember the general manager coming Bold in saying you worked sports. too many hours. You know, but I was broadcasting games. I was just it was great.
1: Where'd that work ethic <clears> come from? Like, what was the I like, well, didn't feel
0: like work really per huh, se, yeah, but, you yeah. know, I guess in, <clears throat> if you have to look up, my mom was a real hard, yeah. you know, she was a lifelong nurse and, and just, she worked really hard, you know, she just, she did instilled it into, I have two older sisters, you know, they're both pretty successful uh, human beings and, and they work really hard, Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just kind of the hard-wired way it is. Hardwired into you. Yeah, yeah, it's hardwired.
1: That's great. So after Pitt State, then what? What happened?
0: So, after Pittsburgh State, uh, well, let me back up. So, when I was a freshman at Pittsburgh State, the summer, and I remember my parents being angry at me, I went and took a non-paid internship with K B Z Radio, which is a local station yeah. here. Yeah. And if you'll remember, Don Fortune was the afternoon guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You may be too young to... But I was his oh, intern and for the whole summer and got to know people and, you know... Um, It was just, it was a great experience, you know, and got to be in the big market and understand how the radio station works and all that stuff. And, um, you know, when I was, you know, so then I evolved as my sort of on-air career in college and the Internet was kind of new, but you still couldn't get anything off the Internet. And, and another guy and I hosted this pre- and post-game show for Pitt State football that was just scores. I mean, in the post And we would have all these reports coming from all these Division two schools, and they'd give the top 20 scores. And you couldn't get that information back then. So then these small radio stations that were these small schools said to us, you know, we'd like to carry a show like that. Well, you know that's probably the first time that I realized I was maybe on an entrepreneurial path. Um, so I syndicated it, and I was a junior in college. Whoa. And I we had uh, I maybe 16, we had maybe sixteen, seventeen radio stations or something. They were a little small. Yeah. You know, but they carried the show. It was called D Two Game Day. I did it for two years. That's awesome. And um, you know, never made any money on it or anything, but it was it worked. Um, And, you know, these stations would carry it and guys would give reports and we, you know, it was, it was hard work actually. I mean, it was not easy. You couldn't just show up because you'd have to line up, you know, these, these reports and record them and go. And it was pretty cool was pretty cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so
1: cool. So after your pit state days, you moved back to KC? Yeah. I moved okay. back here. Cause being, you got involved in the media business. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh,
0: so I, you know, they hired me as a, as a seller, um, which I knew I wanted to learn, you mm-hmm. know, and you wanted, I always felt like, man, if you can sell something, you could do anything. Yeah. You know, If you have that ability, it doesn't matter what happens in your career. Uh, if you can sell something, you can do anything. And, um, you know, radio is a tough sell too, by the way. Mm. And so, you know, I gravitated towards Don Fortune show and they had the Royals and, and they moved me to the Royals. But, but that first year I was like, how am I going to keep doing play by play? Um, I really want to do that, you know, and nobody up here, there wasn't, a, there was no sports radio eight ten. there was no, huh. there's nothing like that up at that time. And so I, um, I found this little radio station. I knew I was going to try and broadcast Blue Springs and Blue Springs South or Rockhurst. And I figured I'd... Why be, those schools? It, just because just they, they were good. Okay. And it, I it. figured it would be There'd easier. Be yeah. To people. yeah I, and yeah. I figured it would be easier to do Blue Springs and Blue Springs South because it's just one area yeah. that I could go, you know, and spend my time finding these businesses that sell the sponsorships to. Huh. And... Um,
1: so at that point there was no one,
0: nothing. I mean, high school football okay. in a major metro area was nothing. So, um, and you know, I knew it was going to be tough. It was all concept. I had to find the radio station, which you know, the guy that I he's a Dale Carter. He's a pro, he's a KFKF uh, morning show guy, but he was the program director of this little radio station, ten thirty a.m. And he kept telling me no, 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 no. And finally, I offered him some stupid sum of money, and they said, okay, we'll do it. You know, I didn't even know if I could pay it. I mean, because you know, I didn't. And I just needed to lock it in and, and get the, then go get the sponsors. And ironically enough, eight years later, Dale Carter was a, is a Blue Springs residence. And eight years later, uh, I hired him to replace me as the play-by-play guy That's for those great. games. But, um, That's great. But we got it going. You know, I had four sponsors that first year. I lost $500 when $500 was a lot of money to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew if I got it going, it would work. And it did. And, you know, 2020 is year 24. Wow. So and you're yeah. doing the same thing. Still doing it. You know, I have a partner in Tony Reisinger. He owns half the business, and yeah. he does a lot of the work. Um, I mean, obviously, I still maintain all yeah. these sponsor relationships yeah. and and the school relationship with the schools, but um, still doing it 24 years. It's pretty oh, cool. I did the play-by-play for eight years, um, and then I did – Play by play for Pitt State football, and then after year two, they fired me, <laughs> and uh, it was, you know, and honestly, I was so angry at the time. I really rattled some cages. I probably shouldn't have done it. I was young. I was like thirty, and um, but it was a blessing because it just wasn't my fate. Mm. You know, I wasn't going to be where I was going. I felt more like I would rather run the business, the business side, yeah. yeah, than do the on air. And then when cool. you're like, okay, I'm broadcasting these games. I'm spending all these hours. Yeah. Preparing to do these games when I can pay somebody else to do that, <laughs> yeah, right? Sure, <laughs> you know, and then I can focus on what I really was passionate about. So, um, yeah, that that's the that's how that went. That's
1: funny, man. I, mm-hmm. you, you talk about Blue Springs. that's interesting. Um, just this past weekend, I don't even remember how we got got to talking to it about it. Um, oh, my son, who's ten, <clears throat> it was his birthday, and he was he, somehow he got a football for his birthday and just like every other boy in Kansas city, he's to be Patrick cloud nine. (laughs) Yep. He thinks he's number 15. He's slinging stuff, sidearm and no look passing in the yard and doing the whole thing. And he was like, and he also plays baseball. And so he started asking me questions about my childhood. He's like, Hey man, Hey dad, were you good at football? And I was like, well, I don't know if I was good, but like I played and "Were were you good at basketball? No, I wasn't really that good at basketball, but I played Were you good at baseball. Yeah. Baseball was probably my best, but whatever. Didn't play in college. So, he comes back to football, and he was like, well, did you ever play against somebody like Patrick Mahomes? I was like, no, because, first of all, like, those dudes don't exist very, very no. much. But but second of all— um,
0: You tell him you scored a touchdown on Brandon Lloyd? I did. So, of
1: course, <laughs> naturally. So, that's exactly where so that I
0: called that game.
1: He, yep, that's to so bring it full circle. So, um, it was interesting. I was like, you know, in those days, and probably still today, Blue Springs, Blue Springs South is like this— powerhouse, this high school powerhouse, and and I told Silas, and we even, like, Google imaged, you know, Brandon Lloyd, yeah. 49ers gear, and he played at Illinois, and he played for the Patriots for a little bit. I was like, that's the single best athlete I ever played against, yeah, and amazing. the dude was a freak. <clears throat> he was amazing. Kicked, jumped, ran, I mean, the whole thing.
0: The only thing I can re- ever remember, you, you probably know you probably this, he was not a first-team All-State player. Really? Yeah, he wasn't. Huh. Um, because, you know, he should have probably played quarterback. I mean, he yeah. was just so good. But I can remember him um, playing defensive back. I do not remember the school, I, but what I do remember is he made an interception. A quarterback overthrows the ball to the receiver, and the receiver's probably some five foot nine, you know, small kid. And all of a sudden, I looked, and Lloyd has jumped, and he's making the interception, and his waist is higher than the kid's helmet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I never saw, I was like, and I don't know if he was high jump state champion or. Yeah, I think he was. He, he was he, I know he, he was one of the top in the country. He was crazy. Three, yeah. 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 He was a freak athlete. Couldn't, didn't you play freak. basketball against him too? Yeah. I think my, my favorite, yeah, my favorite,
1: <clears throat> and it, and it was, we were sophomores. He's my age. I'm his age, whatever. Um, And we were playing in a sophomore game at Oak Park, not even a JV game. Just a sophomore Just like game. literally like there's. There's seven parents in the stands and maybe the administrator and the coaches and Lloyd, like first or second possession. I was playing, he was guarding me. I'm on the wing. Was he good? Uh, he he wasn't like, he wasn't skilled at basketball necessarily. Every, every lack of skill he made up for in spades and athleticism. So he jumps a pass on the wing and I was like, dang, damn it. You know, like I'm hustling, sprinting back <laughs> trying to catch him to, to like swat the layup, I'm thinking, right? So I'm sprinting after him, can't keep up. He legitimately, dude, took three dribbles from the opposite three-point line. So it's like half court, three-point line, you know, elbow. And then he rose up and flushed it two hands. You're it kidding. Dunked hard. I mean, hard, one of the hardest dunks I've ever seen.
0: And I was like, 15 years old. <laughs> kid,
1: yeah. He's like, I was like, this isn't supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so, but yeah, the the funny full circle comment is that you, you've, you called those games and, and, and unbeknownst to me, um, that, that was a, f- a funny story that you and I shared, you know, a decade later. Or something yeah. Like that. So, that crazy. So, yeah. We
0: figured it out.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Um. So, so you start selling media, you're in the radio business. You're yeah. Doing, you're. Was the, Doing the side hustle okay, thing, and I'm just it, getting, you know, it's hustle. just
0: working. And, and, you know, the other thing that I was smarter I mean, I was passionate, I still am obviously passionate about sports, um, but in the radio business at that time, you know, it's not the same today, but in the radio business at that time, there was probably, you know, I don't know, 150 radio reps, but there was probably, and even me being young, there was probably four or five people that really kind of specialized in sports hmm. here, So I thought, well, I like those odds. I'm not, you know, part of 150. And sports are more more fun. Yeah, Uh, and sports are more fun. Um, And so, um, you know, I just kept grinding and I became the sales manager of the Royals Radio Network when Intercom had those rights. And then I went to be a a sponsorship sales manager for the Chiefs Radio Network and met another mentor of mine, Gary Coleman, who – um, was a catalyst for me going to the Kansas City Chiefs because Bill Newman, who was his good friend, and he ran oh, yeah. uh, radio stations, and he was the COO of the Chiefs back when you and I yeah. were hired. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget it. I, I had left the Chiefs Radio Network and went back to Intercom to run uh, their sports radio station, 610. I was like 30 years old, 31. Awesome. And and um, Bill Newman calls me <laughs> out of the blue I mean, I'd probably said two words to him in my whole life. Like, He's like, Brian, it's Bill Newman. And I said, hey, Bill, what can I do? And he goes, w- we got a spot here at the Kansas City Chiefs in the sponsorship group, and I want you to take it. Will you meet me for a beer in 10 minutes? <laughs> and I said, sure. And we met at like the Brookside or somewhere. <clears throat> and literally, I met Tammy Fruits, and who was our boss, yep. and uh, a week later, and I was gone two weeks later. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was great. And what year was that? um, I started in... uh, 06? Yeah, it was like 10 days before Lamar Hunt passed away. So right, right, right December, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Long time ago. Two and a half years, uh, you know, I was there for the two and a half years of Carl Peterson's era. He introduced himself to me 16 times, including (laughs) twice, twice. In front of <clears> him. <throat> oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> twice after I rode in a golf cart and played 18 holes of golf with him. That's awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. Got him on his great two and a half years. Then, of course, the Pioli, you know, Haley years, uh, which I really, I mean, obviously this I heard a, I heard Scott Pioli talking around the Super Bowl about why his time in Kansas, it just didn't work and, and how he had to come to grips with that over time. And it was pretty remarkable uh-huh. listening to him. I really liked him a lot. Yeah. He was yeah. so good to me, his wife, good to our clients. He mm-hmm. did anything you asked. Very, you know, it just didn't work out yeah. on the football side. And then, obviously, uh, you know, I left in 15, so I was there to experience some good stuff from Coach Reed. Yeah,
1: that's awesome, man. Yeah, um, yeah it's so good. So uh, it, it makes me start thinking all sorts of questions. But first, as it relates to the Chiefs, what was it like <clears throat> for for you? And I was there, too, for some of that, not all of it, but – what was it like for you as the tide changed and Carl was out and and then you know mark and um and and some other kind of leadership changes happened? what took place for for you specifically in that kind of um transition from the the way things had been done to the way and, and what I'm getting at it's a terribly worded question, but what I'm getting at is the 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 ship turned hundred and eighty degrees. Yes. And the way things had been done for a long time, all of a sudden was like, nope, we're doing it this way. Correct. Um, And and you and and myself, we were on the front lines of lots of those external changes from corporate partners to uh, sponsorship deals to deep relationships that we walked from, deep relationships we grew. Um, That was a very interesting time while... On the field, it wasn't necessarily no. Well, winning two
0: games, four games, right. two games, right. four games. I was there for that. Right. So how, that that.
1: how how did you, how did you approach that?
0: <clears throat> well, um, it, interestingly enough, um, you know, when I started there, we had you know what you would call a sponsorship partner. I think there were like 142, and. Um, You know, we categorically things would come up so something wouldn't renew, or so the bank category would be open. And then, of course, the grocery story, which is the greatest story of all time, the one that you had, and uh, which I've told a million times. Um, But I think, and I think before Mark Donovan got there in select categories like banking and grocery, we were doing the right things. We were like, okay, this is how we do it. Um, But when Mark got there, Mark Donovan, it was cuz he came from our world he Sorry. said here's how we're going to do business this this high v deal that's how we do business it's a long seven year it's a long term deal that's how we're going to be good partners mm-hmm. to these people that are going to invest a lot of money with us and I'll never forget the meeting, which I gravitated toward that concept, and, and I use it Absolutely. a lot today. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. you know, you and I were just talking about an opportunity that I have, and I'm like, these people don't even think about walking out of their door with that multi-year deal. I'm like, yeah. that's just, that's asinine to me, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially from a team that just won the Super Bowl. Right. You know, so right. I just, um, you know, I kind of like that, but I do remember the meeting. It was you and me and Sean Long and and Tammy and, mm-hmm. and Mark Donovan had, had he comes in the room, and he's got his piece of paper, and he says, uh, and it was 70 partners, and he said, do you remember, the, oh, he yeah. says, remember uh, that? He says, who's got this sure. one? Yeah. Who's got this one? You know, Who's got this one? Who's got that one? And we're all going, okay, oh, it's mine. We're writing them down. He gets up, and he goes, these people are no longer sponsorship partners, and he turns <laughs> around and walks out. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm like, oh, shit. What does that mean?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we had to call those people, and there were people, you know, they just didn't do business properly, I think. You know, there were people that were sponsorship partners that really, they were forced to buy an ad in the program, which isn't a sponsorship, because they had six season tickets on the 50, and they'd had them for 26 years. That doesn't make any sense, right? you know? right? Um, So I think that was sort of the you know, and the yeah. deals that we'd done a couple of deals. Yeah. Um, and I told somebody the other day, I mean, I just really, gra- if if you remember, were you there in 2011? Um, I, I think yeah. you were there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you remember it took 18 months. Uh-huh. I mean, we weren't doing deal Like we had, and there was data that we never even knew existed from the NFL that Mark was like, you got to have this data. And I'm like, what's that? What does that mean? Nobody you know, ever, right? we didn't know. Yep. And so it was like, here's what these other teams are doing in these categories, et cetera, et cetera. And it was really quality information. Um, but I, I mean, I, I remember in 2011, it, that was sort of our 18 month yeah. window where it ended where we turned the ship and we were doing these right sponsorship deals and we had built great relationships. And, you know, I mean, we were good. I mean, John, you and Sean and me and, and there was more money on the books. If you'll recall into, and in, and, in the year 2015, contracted money than in than there was in 2011. I mean, we had done that many deals that yeah. were that long term. There was more money on the books in yeah. 2015 when we were sitting there in 2011. It was pretty remarkable. Yeah. Actually.
1: and 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 I, the highlights for me, I'm glad you got there because that's um, I, my my question was long winded. So thanks for filling in the gaps for me. the The amazing thing was. Mark could see it. I think Tammy could see it. I think we all believed it to be true. But he, he set that tone and equipped us to walk into some tough conversations, clearly. Yeah. But the the reality is the number from 09, 09 season and 10 season went down. Yeah. We went backwards. We didn't
0: have an automotive deal.
1: We went backwards. We were the only we, team in the league. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, nope, say no to that. Yeah. Say no to that. Say no to we that. We did.
0: And we'd won two games and four games and, and two games.
1: And with some, you know, <clears throat> red-blooded salespeople, we're going, yeah. no, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like, how we get paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? And so <laughs> the 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 ability to buy in and, and, and view, and, and I'm thinking through this, you know, kind of with our own business here at Guild is like, hey, that short-term win might feel great. It might even be okay to do that deal. But what's that impact to the long-term? That's right. What's that impact to the to the legacy of the business, to the solidification of these um, these, these ideals. And and it, it's, yeah, I, I I think about that period of time often to think like, hey, it was okay, it sucked, but it was yeah. okay to go backwards for a couple years in order to uh, launch into these um, kind of fruitful waters. So. But do you
0: remember, you know, to give Mark credit, because I remember when we sat at a meeting with him and I, I think our annual – uh, T&E budget for, like taking people to lunches and whatever it was like 600 bucks it's <laughs> nothing you know I mean you, they would pay you back it was whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. do you remember sitting down with him and he goes he goes, your budget's like $200,000 and we're like what? yeah he he said do you understand what we're trying to do? Mm-hmm. like you have to you guys have got to be good at building relationships you better not it, be here in this building that's right yeah, and, that's and you, right. you need to do quality entertainment whether it's away games or dinners or whatever it is that's what this takes mm-hmm and I'm going to increase your budget, so you guys got to go do this. Yeah. And I remember thinking, yeah. "This is awesome." <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, what yeah. are so saying? <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. Yep, that's right. I mean, it's, it it worked. I that's mean, clearly, right. it's paid off. To, you know, when you get, uh, uh, I mean, a generational player like a Patrick Mahomes. Oh boy, he's um, going to change the game on every front of your yep. business. It literally, is. Um, and I was asked the other day. They were, you know do you miss being there you know you didn't you could have won the super bowl and I, and I said you know yeah of course but i mean i've been gone 5 years right and um, in that time frame i've done a lot of stuff that i would never you know if you're tethered to the boat you never see it you never see it mm. if you don't get in the water you're never going to see it so i i just you know i uh, i think I, and obviously we got a lot of good friends over there and and i'm so happy for them and it's it's just ignited this city like the Royals did, probably even a little bit bigger. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is, oh, I mean, he's a global athlete brand, you know, ath- right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about those five years, man. So you you got to a point in your life, in your career, where you decided, hey, man, like in 2015. I, I remember yeah. we sat at First Watch. You and I had breakfast at First Watch in North Kansas City. Um, and I had already left and uh, at that point. And so you and I were chatting through your stuff and, um, you're like, man, I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to go do. I'm excited. But like to unplug, to, to, to use your analogy, to untether from that boat takes a lot of guts, dude. Walk us through (laughs) why and and how.
0: So back in, let's go back to just a little bit, but you know, I always kind of had this side hustle, which is, you know, maybe it's ethically, I don't know. I mean, I just, again, you think of things and you invest in them and you get, qual- you know, whatever. So I was always, I always had the ability to, to have income coming in outside of my full-time job. And um, in 2000, I, I volunteer as the co-executive director of the Greater Kansas City Football Coaches Association, which is all the high school head football coaches and their staffs in the area. And they've been doing it for like 12, 13 years. But when the market tanked in 08, um, you know, I remember coming to a meeting and our Missouri head coaches went to an all-state selection meeting okay. and they used to rely for 100 years on the Kansas City Star to help them pick this. Uh-huh. And nobody showed up from the star. And they were up. They were on fire. They were so pissed. And, <clears throat> and I told them, I go, well, guys, the market's tanked. I guarantee you they fired these people. And that's what exactly what happened. You know, the market was so poor in the advertising world they had, they the star in the newspaper business is just it's beyond bad you know they they had to terminate people and so i wrote i left there in it was in in 09 and i left that meeting and spent a month and a half writing the business plan for preps kc which just finished 2000 our 10th year wow. which Congrats, is a high cool. school football coverage company uh, and that's all we do we are the espn of high school football in this area we have an app you know, we we have a lot of, you know, I got a full-time employee and a bunch of contract people, in, but it works. Mm. You know, it, it really, really works, and quite frankly, there's nothing like it in the country. Um, and the traffic, if I told you traffic numbers would blow your mind on a Friday night. I mean, you're, you know, you're talking about time spent on a site of six minutes and 15 seconds. Jeez. Who has that, right? And it's Because, because i are looking up scores. I don't have any competition. Yeah. Nobody's doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So... Um, so back to when I was going to leave, I was like, I had these things, I did, had minimal debt at home, owned all my cars, had a mortgage less than the 90 grand or something. And, yeah. and so even, and my wife had started working at that time. And, and so I could get insurance from there. So it took me about two months to write the business plan for sponsorship focus. And then I just knew that things were changing, that I wasn't going to be at one arrowhead for, for very long. Um, you know, Sean had left, he went to the university of Kansas health system, but I didn't want to go to work for somebody else. So I had to figure that out. And, um, you know, so that took time. And then what happened was, you know, going to breakfast with you and I I was doing all that stuff with my clients Mm -hmm. and I would say to them, you know, and the beauty about being at the chiefs is you build C level relationships. And, you know, I would say, I'm leaving the chiefs and they would say, where are you? Where are you going? What? Why? Why? And here's what I'm going to do. And stupid, three of them said, Are you drunk? We're going to hire you. <laughs> Whoa. You know, so I left there right out of the gate with three clients. Hmm. And I had, uh, I had, uh, it just worked out, man. It was just, the timing was good. I'd had, you know, I'd had nine years at that place. And I don't know what that built up in sick and vacation, but I mean, I was paid for I don't know, three or four months still by the chiefs after I'd left because they had all yeah. that stuff that yeah. accrued. Um, and then I was building my business, so there was money still going in. Yeah. So awesome. it just worked out, and it continues to. But it's not without its – you know, you don't keep clients forever. Mm. And you don't – just things happen. There, there's something shifts in their business, and they can't use you anymore or yep. whatever it is. But you can't ever stop hunting. Right, You always got to be looking for – for new business. And I think that that's, I'm good at that. I really like that process. You know, I see something. Um, I see something that a business is trying to do. And I immediately reach out to the CEO and try and get a meeting and go through that process. Why don't
1: you reach out to like the, the manager of whatever department you're why, why Why would you reach out to the CEO? I don't get it.
0: Because I'm,
1: the, being, <laughs> I'm being facetious. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> but 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 in all seriousness, like if you talk about sales and driving revenue and building relationship, um, there there's this built-in ceiling that I think uh, maybe I'm stereotyping now, but especially younger people put on themselves. They're like, "Well, I can't email the CEO." On oh that. yeah, I got to start with start this person.
0: Start there. Start there. Why? Well, because if you can. It, there's, you know, with the internet and you can educate yourself on people. You can educate yourself on a CEO's vision, um, what the company is about, you know, what their charitable focuses are, all of those things. If you know exactly what the CEO, if you know what his motives are and what he's trying to do and the vision he's trying to set for his company, I don't care what company it is. And i I can tell you the story about Intuit here in a minute. Um, It doesn't matter because if you say, if you formulate it in an email correctly, they will read it. I promise you that. And if it says everything he's speaking, you're getting a meeting. It just works that way. I mean, it just does. It's like, okay, we need to sit down and maybe talk about how this might work. I Uh, I learned that. You know, I learned that. It took me a long time. Uh, Just trial and error. But I, I mean... I mean, my favorite story is, uh, and I hope people from H and R Block aren't listening to this, but you know, I, I we couldn't get a deal with H and R Block. You remember that stuff? Oh, it, you know, it's not tax season. They just we couldn't get yep. their headquarters here, yep. and so I I went and looked up TurboTax, and you know, it's owned by Intuit. Their CEO, I think he just retired, but the CEO's name was Brad Smith, twenty thousand person company worldwide, Intuit. So what I do, I got on into its website, I look at their events and presentations, I look at what he's saying specifically, and then I said to him in an email, I found his email, I said to him in an email, hey, um, it we have naming rights of Arrowhead Stadium available. It could be called TurboTax Field at Arrowhead. And then I list off his three things about small business in the Midwest, and that's what the Midwest is anchored. I mean, three or four things. And then I said, and it's not lost on me that, that your chief competitor is headquartered in this market, and we don't have a relationship with them. So two days later, I get nothing. So I, I always like to reply back just to make sure they get my email because whether it's yes or no, and the second the second best thing to a yes is a no. Absolutely. If they see that you're not giving up and it's coming that quick, they'll, they'll respond. So he responds with, I did get your email. I appreciate it, but this isn't something we're interested in. Okay. So then, um, like two weeks later, I'm at home and I look, you know how you, they used to call your voicemail at work and it would go into yeah. your email. Oh, yeah. And so I look and it says Intuit, you know, voicemail from Intuit. And I'm <laughs> like, on a weekend? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what is this? And so it's Brad Smith, the CEO of Intuit. And he says to me on this message, I wish I saved it. He says, hey, um, this is Brad Smith, you know, I. I really have been doing a lot of thought about your email, and I've talked to some of my board members. Notice he didn't say, I talked to my CMO. I talk- no, I talked to some of my board members, and I really want to talk to you about this opportunity. Here's my cell phone. Mm. He gave me a cell phone. So I called him, and we talked for like an hour. And, you know, bottom line, I just think he was fishing to see, okay, what's the price point on yeah. this going to be? Yeah. And we talked about that and the hunts and the, you know, the lease and the blah, blah, blah. And, and he said, okay, I'm going to call these guys. Um, and if we're interested, we're going to hop on a plane and, you know, come see you. And so um, it didn't pan out. They weren't interested. I'm guessing H.R. And our block is thankful for that. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I remember Mark Donovan. I probably shouldn't say this, but it's okay. When I went through this process, and you know, you're you're, up, you're, up, okay. you're updating him on stuff, and I remember he looks at me and he goes, "Huh? Well, if this thing comes to fruition, my next chamber meeting ought to be really good." <laughs> That's great. That's great. But the point is, it the answer was no, which is fine. Yeah. It yeah. the process works, and it and it worked with the, uh, the biggest level company is somebody like that. So, yeah.
1: a couple a couple <laughs> things that strike me clear as a day. One is you spoke Brad's language, yes, not your language. Correct. You spent the time and the effort, and and that's exactly what we we try to do every day here at Guild. Is like, no, 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 this isn't about you. Everybody right. knows you sell football tickets. Everybody knows yeah. you sell pizza. Everybody knows you sell insurance. Everybody knows you sell tax software. Yeah, Stop that. We have to communicate in a way that connects to the other person, whoever's receiving the message or the ad or the email or the whatever. And so for you to spend the time it took to to get into Brad's shoes and it, to his lens, connected. It, it absolutely yeah. connected. And then the second thing I think is interesting is that uh, and maybe this is my own like therapy here, but like you can't take that no as, as a as a sales professional or as a business owner. You no, today
0: is not no tomorrow. Yeah, and you can't take it personally. Like you That's didn't
1: right. you didn't hear Brad say, "Hey, man, I'm not interested." And you're like, "Oh man, I'm the shittiest salesperson ever." and Mark's <laughs> gonna hate me, and I'm never gonna make any money. And like this this spiral, you know, yeah. this shame spiral of of death that doesn't lead to anything productive. You, you got that no. You viewed that no not as Great as a yes, but you viewed that no as like, cool, at least I know where we are. I can move on. I can follow up with him in six months or whatever else. Um, I think that's pretty cool, man.
0: You know, it's funny, back to what you said, and I think media companies in general, uh, from a sales perspective, are guilty. I think they're getting a lot better because they have to be, but, you know, they're guilty of this, this is how good we are. Mm. And um, I did some work uh, with KCTV5 uh, right out of the gate when I started, maybe 2016, but really it was about helping their people understand sponsorship and how it looks yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And they had the Chiefs preseason games on KCTV. And, you know, they're in a, such a ratings-driven world that that's how, you know, they yeah. sell. And most of their business is done through ad agencies and whatnot. And I remember looking at their deck, which we changed, but their their deck literally had 13 pages oh of the opening pages of Varying degrees of demographics and how good the Chiefs ratings were on that. <laughs> oh, and so here's what, I, here's what I said when we got to making things about them, not about us. Mm-hmm. I said, here's the deal. We can have a slide that says a whole bunch of people watch the Chiefs. It's the most watched thing on television. People will get that. Yeah, They don't need to see <laughs> <laughs> whether it's preseason, regular season, but a lot of people watch the Chiefs. Yeah. Let's just, There's a lot of attention. Let's just it. stick it with that, you know. Mm-hmm and, and focus on them. You know, yeah. I just think that's, I just think that's critical.
1: Yeah, it is critical, man. Um, all right. I want, I want to shift it real quick if, if you're cool with it mm-hmm. to a, a, a few, th- a few thoughts and, and you were, uh, I've told you this privately and now I'll tell you to the millions of Guild Stories podcast listeners that we have. That's what I've heard. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> is, you know, you were a, a huge voice in my own journey of, untethering. I like like your language. Um, So unlike you, I mean, I left the Chiefs, worked for someone else for a little bit, came back to the Chiefs after you had left, and then left again. And in that leaving again process, um, again, you were a big piece of helping me see uh, and I've blogged about this before, but um, there's a quote you, you told me that you probably used as like a throwaway comment. Like you were like getting off the phone probably and said something in passing that didn't I didn't maybe feel like it would have as much impact as it did. But I received your quote as this like almost crystallization of like, oh boy, Brian's right, man. Like I got to go, I got to go do that. And what you said was not word for word, but paraphrasing. You said, hey man, like you won't be able to see the opportunities that exist on the sea from the shore. You have to get out and sail. And I was like, damn, you and, and, and you were that guy and, and and not everybody's gonna be an entrepreneur, or start a business or whatever no, not
0: people want not a lot of people want to. yeah,
1: but that expand on that quote, you know for for um, as you've out, kind of been out in the sea on your own now for five years like what what's what's that mean to you?
0: It means that I mean when you sit and talk to somebody, I don't know if it's uh, you know I volunteer on a lot of boards. it could be that's where I'm swimming today. and you meet somebody and you're like, I never looked at life like that, you know, or, or you just, and I don't have to go, I got to go back to one arrowhead drive. You know, I can sit there and have me, me, you know, meaningful and talk about whether it's business or whether it's raising money or whatever it is, but it may be a, you know, a whole nother path where you're going down with Mm. a client and, you know, they're trying to figure out Whatever they're trying may not even be related to my scope of work, but I know somebody, or you know, hey, there's a person you need to talk to here based upon what you're saying, and and so I can connect them in that space. Um, That to me is what it's all about. I just think your world opens up when you're not, you know, driving to work every day and then figuring out okay, what what's the next category that I can sell and and help make the chiefs millions you know, what, what is the next thing I can do here? Yeah. And, um, you know, that was, that's how I look at it. You know, I think it's all, I'm always, you know, I mean, you and I were discussing a potential client I have right now when before we started and it's like, I didn't see that a week ago. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just the way it works.
1: And and, and you, you and others, but you specifically have given me this kind of great reminder throughout the years because man there is like we talk a lot about the upside and the potential and the the good days there are some days that are like oh man like oh, yeah. so much anxiety, Everybody has and so much Everybody. darkness and so much uncertainty and oh my gosh we're we gonna make it but i think those days get balanced out by that 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 mindset and, and maybe it's overused or it's too cliche but it's like there really is a difference between a growth mindset and an abundant mindset and a generous mindset yes. and a value-based mindset versus this scarcity, fearful, I got to protect my thing. I think you're, you're a really good, I'm just affirming you, man. Like you're a really good Appreciate living that. example of like, I'll get a call from you. You're like, Hey dude, you should talk to this guy. And there's nothing for you financially in that moment for that to happen. Yeah. Potentially. Sometimes there is. Or you're like, hey, man, you need to connect with this dude, and he's got this thing, and you need to... Like, you are just a really, really good, open-minded connector. Um, and I, and I got to imagine that has led... It's not your intent, but it's led to your own growth and your yeah. own return.
0: I think when you help people, you, you know, if you're, uh, if you're setting out to do that to get something in return, I think yeah. that's probably the wrong approach. But if it's genuine and that's what you believe yeah. and it's part of who you are... That's, I mean, I've always kind of felt like that, you know, if I see something and it makes sense or, you know, that's, that's part of the value I'm helping them with too. You know, I mean, it's just, um, it's just, that's just what I, the way I'm built. I love
1: it. Yeah. Um, how we're going um, <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to camp here one, one more minute and then I want to talk about some personal things. Sure. You. Um, and then we'll wrap up. You've been way generous with your time. You bet. Um, what, what, you know, if you were instructing 25-year-old version of, of you or the, or the next kind of big-hearted, open-minded, entrepreneur-type person, what are some lessons you've learned in your own journey that would maybe be applicable? I know we've talked a lot about kind of value and, and, and providing value and connecting folks, but are there specific skills that you feel like, oh, man, I wish I would have learned this earlier? Or, hey, I wish these, you know, things would have would have unfolded for me or, or I wish I could have read this book and it would have helped. Yeah. Like what What are some of those things yes. maybe? Yes, um, uh,
0: I, I, I would have, uh, if I could go back and do my college again, mm. I would major in business and mm. minor in English or something like that uh-huh. um, to, to, to learn how to better use words and things like that.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, I still would have done all the broadcasting. I yeah. still could do all that. Yeah. yeah. I don't need a broadcast degree to go do all that. You know, that would have been – that would be something I would, would change. Um, um, but I also – you know, we're talking to my, my son. He's 16, but, we're, you know, he's fine. He wants to do business. And, uh, you know, I just think the value of internships are just at a young age are critical, and, and I don't care if they pay or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got to go meet people. you get got to go experience something. Yeah. And if you find out that you don't like something, well, okay, I'm not going down that road. yeah Yeah, you know, I'm really not. So um, – and then the other th- other thing I would say uh, that I would do differently is I would have never bought rental properties. <laughs> was, I went with you. Do you remember was, when I went with you
1: to those two? Oh, yeah. I, I, I had was to, like, uh. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. Is this what it means to be a. Yeah, I'll never do that again.
0: <laughs> never, ever. We got a whole podcast on that. In fact, people come to me. I got a buddy of mine that's oh pretty good at it. And and he's I got him into it, and then he's really good at it. Um, and I, can, I always tell people you know what? I'm the guy you come to. And, and if you're going to get in the rental property business, I'll tell you what not to do. Go find somebody else to help you be successful at it.
1: <laughs> I'll never forget that. We were like, went over lunch or something. You're like, Hey, we got to swing by these two places I own over and wherever it was. And I, I we rolled a horrible into that place and I was like, this is the same, the same Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: horrible. It's great. Brutal experience. My life. It was only good come tax time.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, all right, last thing about, uh, uh, as it relates to kind of business and the way you've, um, I, I think it's fair to say, like you've designed your business kind of around your life. Yeah. As opposed to being, you know, trading kind of, it, it's not anything in particular. It, this, this concept of working for the man or being tethered to the boat, as you said. Um, there's some great benefits to that, right? Like this is not a call to say, untethered from the boat under any circumstances mm-hmm. but I, I again learned a lot from you but man like you design your life first you do the things that you want to do again there's responsibilities there's all that um like dude you're healthy you're fit you you put things in place that like prevent you from um working 90 hours a week. Like, <laughs> I just think, I, I think like you're, you? yeah, yeah, no, no, it's like, a dude, uh, uh, but honestly, I, I think there's some real, um, wisdom and simplicity in the way that you've, um, gone about your life. And I'm just curious if that's intentional, if it's,
0: you know, <clears throat> I think that, um, I don't really look at myself on this stuff, but I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, professionally in terms of income coming into my household, um, everything that brings me a dollar is a business I invented in my head That's awesome. like it didn't exist before so um I am proud of that and I, I've never thought of it as you just yeah. said I guess I did design it around how I wanted mm-hmm. to live my life and you know th- don't don't get me wrong I look at you know like our buddy Mike Culp I mean hmm. look at what he's doing oh my god I mean he with KFC and the KBP Foods largest in the Country now, he's forty years old. Billion dollar company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did it all himself. Same I mean, thing. we knew him when he was not, he was CEO of of yep. Zaincanelli Foods, and they were a chief sponsor, you know. And he's a great guy. He's a great terrific. But, guy. And he yeah. loves to. He likes. He figured out. You know, he's obviously very smart at business, mm-hmm. uh, very smart at the investment game, and he knows mm-hmm. that he wants to help people succeed within his organization. That's what he has always said. But but he figured it out. But but that's not me. You know, I'm never going to build a billion dollar company. That's just not what I'm built to do. Um, And, you know, I feel like I probably told you this, you know, I left the Chiefs when I was 41 years old and I feel like I retired Mm -hmm. because, yeah, it's work some days and there there's a lot of stress. But what else am I going to do? I'm not going to watch TV all day. It doesn't work. (laughs) I mean, I I could listen to jazz records all day. But I but I mean, I would you know, what what else am I going to do? You know, but it's also, you know, this lifestyle, you know, I'm, I'm on several boards in the community, um, you know, I'm on the board of the Kansas City Jazz Orchestra. Uh, I'm, I'm on the board of Mimi's Pantry, which is a, which is Dennis Curtin's, um, food pantry up north. I really, in fact, I've been meaning to tell you, you and I need to go over there like Tuesday and volunteer. Absolutely, It's like, it's the most meaningful thing you've ever seen. Like, it's just, you know like I'll give you a story I'm volunteering with a woman the other day she's young I don't know early 30s mid 30s she she's got I think they have 3 kids maybe 2 she, her husband is in med school like he's fin- he's got like 2 years left on on anesthesiology so I don't even know what his bills are you know good, God only knows but that they have to use the food
1: pantry jeez Louise.
0: His money, he doesn't have money coming in. It's loans and mm. whatever else. They, they use the food pantry as a family, and she volunteers there to give back. And I'm thinking, this guy's going to be a doctor. He is a doctor, you know. And, and God only knows what that loan's going to be when he, when he gets rolling. But, right. Right. you know, she, she was talking about, you know, it's, it's tested us. It's tested our faith. It's tested because, you know, he, he's 35 years old. He's still in school, you know, mm. he's got two years left, you know, still. And she's like, we, we can see the end. We're, we're there, but That's we're still, hard. we're still feeding our kids at the, in our family at the food pantry and doing the best we can to get by right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's just that those kinds of things are like, wow, okay, this is, and there's a need to feed in this community. I mm. mean, it's until you get involved in that world, it's unbelievable. The amount of people that are, uh, food insecure, in in the greater Kansas City area, it's pretty pretty remarkable.
1: Mm, unbelievable, man. Yeah, I, I'm thankful you shared that story. Oh yeah, it makes me think of our our own conversations with Dennis and how he's he's he's, he's told he's similar stories. Amazing. He's unbelievable, dude. He's on the podcast. You guys should check that out. Um, all right, man, we're gonna wrap up because uh, we we have to. Unfortunately, it makes me sad because I could do this all day. Yeah, this is good. Um, before we ask, kind of the the, the last five questions here what are the you know and, and maybe maybe you don't know but as you think about as you survey the landscape for the next idea in your brain or the next five years of your journey um, what are you excited about like where, where are you moving towards these next couple of years
0: you know that it's funny because I would say technology is definitely the one thing that you know guys like you and I we got to keep up on it. Um, it it moves so fast and in the sponsorship game, it's just it can change the dynamic of um, of if you're not if you're not aware of some of the things these teams now have or whatever. But I will tell you the thing that I'm most intrigued by is the power of influencers, athlete influencers specifically, because I think you can go do a deal. Well, Patrick Mahomes would be unaffordable, but yeah. a tra- pick a Travis Kelsey or. Or uh, somebody else. I'm just using them. Or you know, yeah. Royal Whit Merrifield, perfect example. And those guys could help you grow your brand a lot, without you know. And and I know these my friends are going to be listening to this. You, you don't need a partnership with a team that's up two million bucks a year to go do something like that. You don't need a. You know what I'm saying? It's. I think that is the that is the single biggest thing that'll face yeah. the competition for these teams. But these athletes are doing more. There's just more and more. And the athlete, and the athlete influence is, it's remarkable. Their followers are. They're, they're media companies. They're media companies. They're yeah, their they're own properties. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, you know, if somebody says, you know, I'm building this brand and I love Travis Kelsey because of his 87 and running foundation and it supports this and we want to help and we want to build our association with Travis Kelsey. You know, you could probably pay him a hundred grand he'd tweet out and blah, blah it would help your brand.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, Absolutely. I mean just I just I think that piece is intriguing to me. I'm by no means an expert in it. I've dabbled in it on several occasions. You and I dabbled in it last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's interesting.
1: Yeah, and and I, uh, to to your point, I mean, we represent companies more on the on the media side now on the content creation side. Everybody is looking for authentic There's no doubt. connections to stuff. And so if I'm uh you know, B level, MLB player, and I'm sharing on my Instagram story about this product that I use authentically. That happens to also be a sponsor of mine, right? <laughs> like that trust breakdown is so much simpler than if a team is saying, "Hey, go buy the yeah, go buy the new protein." It's bar a different from deal. XYZ company, it's a totally different deal. So it's a different deal. I'm with you, man. Okay, we got to wrap it up. Okay, um, last five questions. We you ask bet. the same questions every every guest. What is I know you're a smart guy. You read a lot of books. What's the last book you read,
0: um, or listened to? I read a book on Oscar Peterson. He's a piano player.
1: If we didn't get into the jazz and the music <laughs> side. I got all kinds of jazz books. Oh, dude, it's
0: Oscar awesome. Peterson was about, about the, one of the most amazing piano players of all time. Mm. We're gonna have to have you back on and yeah. talk
1: KC history and jazz. That would be a fun show. Yeah. Um, what would you do right now if you weren't afraid?
0: Oh man. What would i do right now if i wasn't afraid rock climb
1: huh that sounds fun like legit like outside no right. i think i
0: would i hate certain moments yeah. like when my, when my wife and i went to key west i know this is stupid we just went there there's a key west lighthouse i i froze walking up it huh. <laughs> like it was just yeah i was like this isn't good my muscles were tightening up yep. and my legs weren't working and there was a genuine fear. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I was like, it makes sense. Who does this? I'm out. And she goes, What are you doing? I go, I'm going down. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: That's great. Um what's one thing that if people knew that you did that they'd think you're a little bit weird or crazy? Do you have any nervous habits or any superstitions oh, they do. or
0: they think I was weird? Well, yeah. I mean I swing music's like my favorite I mean people huh. my wife. She just can't stand. I mean, I got Sonos in my house. I got speakers everywhere. I got my phone. I can play anything I want. <laughs> All I ever play is like jazz from the '30s and '40s, right. and and I get into some other jazz. But you um, should start a jazz club. Man. I should. I should open up one. I'd be good at it Absolutely. if I knew anything about clubs. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that they would probably. I mean, uh, that's probably a little quirky. You know, I'm not necessarily listening to you know, Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I think I know the answer to this one. But what's your favorite place on Earth?
0: A oh, Key West, Florida. You'd say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, any place warm. Now, my my son, we took I took him skiing. We had a great time. I just I don't. He likes it. I don't. And I'll do it again for yeah. him. Yeah. I I can't stand snow. I just can't. I mean, I can ski, but I'm not that good. I just I hate cold. I can't stand being cold.
1: When you're retired, I picture you at a little little dive bar in Key West, playing my guitar, barefoot, playing your guitar. I could do that. Running your toes through the sand.
0: Why wouldn't I?
1: With with a hat upside down, collecting tips. Be fine with me. <laughs> Sounds like a great gig. <laughs> I love it. All right, man. Last one. When it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? That's a little bit of a heavier one.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really. I mean, hopefully that 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 I was genuine. Mm-hmm. You know that I i tried hard that i have my faults that i was a good husband that i was a good father that i was you know i don't know i mean you know somebody that you know in a friend of this probably would sum it up a good friend of mine uh, who's run kbz radio for i don't know maybe since 1997 he's 14 or 15 years older than me but he was he always gave me good advice and he said you're likable and that's half the battle wow and i thought okay that's 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 good that's good you know that's good advice absolutely be likable you know
1: absolutely man where can people follow along with you bro on your journey (laughs)
0: Um, you know, I'm social on Facebook. I I do look at Twitter on mainly for news. Yeah. I don't really tweet or I yeah. retweet stuff. You know, Turner Classic Movies is my favorite movie channel, so <laughs> I I look at all that stuff. Um, that would be how and they can go to my website. My website's really just there it's got stories and things on it it's it's really not something i update constantly because it just it need people to be educated on what i do when they want to hire me so that's really
1: sponsorshipfocus.com that's it okay and then prepskc.com
0: that's it that's a hold on
1: um you're on linkedin i'm on linkedin can friend you or they can friend me with you on linkedin they can um and we'll put all that stuff in the show notes so brian dude i could do this all day with you bro so much fun i appreciate it i appreciate it all right man we'll see you